True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I'm so excited because we are back at PodMax again. My guest today, Marcella Soberanes. Marcella, I'm so excited to have you here. Is this, this is your first PodMax, right? This is my second one. Your second one, awesome. Couldn't get enough. This is an awesome event <laughs> for every all your audience. Like This is definitely where you can um, learn and build and, and grow and connect. And that's that's where that's where the secret sauce is. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, we were so excited to always participate in PodMax, and uh, uh, I was so excited to to talk to you. Um, of course, your company is Uplex Living, and uh, I know you've got some really great stories for us because you have single families, duplexes, fourplex, eightplex. You you've really done it all, and uh, a lot of it's been done remotely done house hacking. Um, you've done, uh, you've flown back and forth to manage your properties. And so it's so much great, great knowledge that you can share with our audience and that I think uh, we're all going to learn from. So, so I'm, I'm very excited to have you here. And uh, just a little shout out to PodMax. Check out PodMax at podmax.co. Uh, if you want to get on a whole bunch of podcasts in one day, like mine, like a whole bunch of other really fantastic shows, it's a great way to do like a year's worth of marketing all in, all in one day. So, uh, and, and there's a really great keynote speakers and, and some really awesome networking that happens as well. Uh, we love PodMax. So, that being said, uh, Marcella, um, please start by telling us a little bit about yourself and then um, let's jump in because I know you got a juicy story about your first duplex. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, if I want to start a little way, way back there, I actually um, came to the States when I was 23 and an adult. Um, my first business degree was acquired in Mexico, but that was pretty much useless when I arrived to the States because I couldn't speak the language. So I had to start from the very scratch bottom. I actually came to the States because somebody told me that I could never speak English. And uh, so that just set fire under my feet to prove that I could. So when I got to the States, I didn't know anybody. So um, have a bag full of dreams and a desire to just speak English. And that's kind of where it all started. Um, I know your audience wants to hear the, the, the juicy part of building a real estate um, portfolio, which was actually my 
side gig because my primary job, um, um, I, uh, I'm an anesthesia provider, I'm a nurse anesthetist. And when I divert into bringing different sources of income and I learn about the real estate as an option to, to build wealth and to treat it as a business, and I jump into that self-taught and read a lot, listen to a lot of podcasts where people share their, their stories, their mistakes, their, their successes and motivations. And that's kind of what it gets me where I am now. That's great. Yeah. Um, what what are some of the podcasts that you listen to? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Bigger Pockets for sure. The Real Estate Rockies. Management, because we are also a part of the landlord. We, we, we're wearing the hat as well. So managing... So yeah, I, I, I have a, a library, so I just kind of click right. on it and immediately feed my brain with new stuff and new information. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say uh, I got most of my education through podcasts as well. And, uh, you know, uh, I encourage everyone to go, you know, listen to my show and then go listen to a whole bunch of other podcasts too, because there's a uh, great wealth of knowledge out there. So, uh, so you came over uh, to the States at 23 started to learn how to speak English. And so what gave you that, that real estate bug or how'd you get involved in your first house? Yeah. So the, the, when I realized, you know, the American dream, you know, you get a good job, you get a good education, you buy a house, but I didn't want to buy a house. A house for me was like too risky. Uh, again, having my business mindset was, uh, was too risky for me to just get a huge loan and, and buy a place that I probably would not ever use uh, as a whole. So, uh, I was I discovered somehow that there's this possibility of buying a duplex where you can house hack it you can live in one side and rent the other side so that in my eyes was an asset not really a liability and if you're familiar with Robert Kawasaki that was, that's kind of what it's all about you are around the, the, the your life looking for assets that make you money so to me uh, it diluted my risk so I didn't have to come up with a whole rent um, I planned for it but I didn't have to in a regular basis and uh, when I went to grad school which was a different state altogether I was able to rent out both sides and still make the payment for for the house and that's pretty much what um, ignited the, the the fire as far as looking into the real estate as a way of doing business and building the niche, building a little bit of cash flow. We want to have that cash flow, but we also have to be prepared for not having it, right? So I was trying to be very conservative and uh, mitigate some of the risk. And that didn't really happen right away because as soon as I left to go to grad school, probably a semester into my, my uh, career, um, the roof pretty much fell off. <laughs> not, not literally, but it, yeah, it was a nightmare. So again, being prepared, I cannot um, just overemphasize if you're going to go in a business, make sure that you have the resources because that could have put everything on hold for three mm -hmm. years, which was my career, and not have somebody or at that place able to rent out and still having to come up and, and make the payments on that mortgage. Okay, so let me make sure I got this right. You were you were living there. How long did you live in one side and rent out the other? Uh, it was about a year and a half. Okay, okay. And then you had to go to grad school. And so you left and you rented out the, the side that you were living in and then yes. your roof uh, collapsed basically. Yes. Uh, that's the way it always goes. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and it always goes back to having enough reserves. And, you know, if, if you come in and you are undercapitalized and, and you don't have the, the, the backup uh, cash, uh, what do you do? So, so tell me about that. Did you have cash in, in your bank account? Uh, how did, how did you handle this, this big expense? 
so yeah, I, I had cash, but it, it was cash for emergencies and for school. And so I ended up having to, well, I hired somebody that was not a professional. That's mistake number 100. <laughs> As an entrepreneur, you have to, right? That, that's the way you do it. You just take a step and, and look around, make sure that the car is not coming towards you. And sometimes it is, and you try to stay out of the way. So yeah, um, I hired somebody that was not a professional. They did a very poor job, ended up leaving the job halfway, so I have to pay somebody else to, to come and fix it. And that was very costly. I didn't really have the experience or the support in uh, like boots in the ground. And I was fully embedded trying to learn my anesthesia, kind of important stuff, you know, <laughs> anesthesia uh, uh, work, uh, uh, books. And so I pretty much pay somebody to do it. Um, I use all of my, my uh, savings. So that just meant that I have to take more loans for school because now I have used all of my my reserves. Wow, wow. So yeah, so you you had money, but but not really for real estate. You weren't really planning on pouring it into this house because you were trying to learn anesthesia and, and all that. So where is this duplex? It is in Austin, Texas. It's okay. in the seven eight seven four five. Very uh, you know, people like to live there. It's central South and. Um, yeah, when I bought it, it was so out of the way of like downtown that my friends were like, where are you moving to San Antonio? <laughs> so far away. <laughs> and uh, they, yeah, I was single then. So they were like, I don't know if that's like a place for a single person to live there, you know. Uh, so it definitely wasn't a very, I will call it transitional neighborhood because now everybody wants to live around there. You had the, the vision. You knew you knew it was coming, right? That's what you got to tell everyone. You knew it. Great. Yep. Okay. So, so you were at grad school. Now you've got this first big expense of, of this roofer. You hired the wrong guy, uh, which, which happens, right? You see, you see some prices and you say, yeah, this guy, he says you could do it. I can save some money. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll save some money. I totally get that. Okay. So, but, but then you had to find someone else, right? He didn't work out. You brought someone else in and it sounds like from there you got, you kind of got the real estate investing bug, right? So tell us about, tell us about what happened after that. Absolutely. Well, if we still have any listeners here, like they were like, probably, okay, this is nothing that of value here, but so yeah. Oh, this I is can... all value by the way, because, <laughs> because for those that are starting a multifamily or, you know, who all eat, it, it doesn't matter if it's a duplex or, or 200 units, but you always have it, same lesson, by the way, you have to come in with enough reserves. You have to come in with enough uh, because yeah, the roofs go every, you know, there's always a boiler is going to go down or the sewer line is going to be cracked or, you know, something's going to happen as soon as you buy the property. That's just the way it always goes. And so if you don't have those reserves, um, you're going to be in trouble on, on any size property. Um, so it's a great lesson. So, so don't, uh, you know, don't discount it because, because it's, it's fantastic. So let's go back into it. Yeah. So after that, well, I actually ended up paying off the, the duplex, which is, it make it a very juicy cash flow machine and, uh, fixed everything, renovated everything. It literally doubled on, in value in about six years or so. But yeah, so that, that was definitely the, the one property that got me intrigued and to, well, let me see if this is giving me this much, can I duplicate that? Like uh, rinse and repeat type of thing, right? So now with all the, like the other experiences that I, that I uh, went through uh, and definitely much more prepared, I, you know, dove into, it wasn't immediately after I graduated, I started actually my practice and um, started paying off my loans, which was 
a quarter of a million. So not easy to pay, but I did it in a year and a half. Uh, at that point, I felt financially independent. You paid off a quarter million dollars <laughs> in a year and a half. Yes, sir. This is me clapping. Very nicely done. Um, you know, I, I assume you had a, a very nice paying job as an anesthesiologist at this point. Um, so there's that. But um, most people might get that nice high paying job and go buy, you know, a boat or a house or, or something else. Um, sounds like you really had a mind focused on on real estate, keeping your duplex, paying that off. So you said you paid that off to turn into a cash flow machine, which I love. You said a juicy cash flow machine, which I love even more. Uh, and then uh, you renovated everything, doubled the value. So let's talk about that. What would you buy it for? And, and then what is it worth? I purchased it in 2003 at 140. And Last December, it was valued at 325. The rents went from 475, I believe, at the very beginning, and up today they are like 1450 and 1500. On each side. Correct. Wow, wow, very nice, very nicely done. So, so that's all paid off, cash flowing. I mean, that meets uh, almost the one percent rule, even if you were to sell it today. So that's that's a good deal if you bought it at 325 or 300. Uh, today, but uh, you bought that for uh, 140 years ago. So that's, that's going to be fantastic. And now there's no debt on it. So uh, we love that. And so then you got into your practice, your, your, I assume your love, your, you know, what you really wanted to go to school for. And, and so now you've started your practice, you paid off a quarter million dollars of loans. Very nice. Very commendable. What, what's next? So um, at the, around that time, I joined the Navy reserves. So I uh, was deployed overseas in uh, as you can tell, if you're not fighting somebody, then you're like having to use your time wisely. And I dove into the real estate business. I learned, I, I taught myself and got so many books about how to do it, the, the business behind and understanding mitigating risks. And pretty much every hour that I didn't, I wasn't in, uh, doing some work for the military, I was self-educating. That's when I like my house overseas, so I wasn't paying taxes. Um, when I came back, I strategically moved my retirement accounts into uh, uh, down payments. And um, so, yeah, that's when that's when I got heavier and not only learning, but implementing those lessons. And when I came back, I was heavily looking for properties, um, got two fourplexes as a combo, and that just started the snowball. Wow. Uh, so you came back. So I love that you you're overseas. You've got time. So you educate yourself, educate. You how long were you overseas? Um, a total of seven months. And then you come back and you're like, okay, now I'm ready, uh, ready to go. So uh, you, you did then, did you say two fourplexes? Yes. Got two fourplexes. It was supposed to be one and I was so ready to go with my reserves and again, working on my numbers and my down payment and uh, then the, the, the person that was selling it, she's like, well, would you be interested in a second one? And I'm like, I have to scramble everything and uh, put everything, like run the numbers and see what I have in reserves. And again, I cut myself a little thin, but I'm I like, okay, I can make it. I, I, I can do this. And uh, they came together. <laughs> That's great. And are they also in Austin and were they like next to each other, these two fourplexes or the seller just had, you know, just happened to have another property for sale in, in town? It's a, they're both in Austin and they're in the growing community of Mueller area uh, and they're kind of back to back in the same cul-de-sac, but not next to each other, but very close. Excellent. So two more fourplexes after you get back. That's, that's great. 
Um, so then how, how do you, are you living there? Are you living nearby in Austin? Uh, you told me at some one point you move up to New York, right? So, so what's, what's happening there? Yeah. So actually a good question because I purchased those and again, highlight mistake <laughs> coming up here, uh, take notes. I purchased this. I actually contracted a general contractor that I have worked with him before and, and a maintenance person that was also helping me with the duplex and in the house at this point, I had another house. Um, the, and I was Airbnb or the rooms while I was deployed. So again, it was being paid by itself. <laughs> That's another house hack. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I purchased these two fourplexes without seeing. Like, I, in fact, I've told today I have not been in one of the units. The other ones I have because wow. they have requested maintenance. But uh, yeah, you have to know that you have first, we have to have the resources of people and your team that is going to help you be boosted in the ground. Um, and you're going to have to take some risks because what's acceptable for them. And I came around and I'm like, yeah, this is not acceptable. So we have to kind of play catch up with maintenance, but, but it's doable. Um, we did a lot of video chats over, over, over the like FaceTime to the realtor can show me the properties and I knew the neighborhood. So I knew the area, the area was not a question at all. And yeah, those, so those are some of the things that I will advise, you know, if you're not going to be boots in the ground, um, have your team, build up your team before you leave, make sure that you're comfortable working with them and the expectations to be very clear. So yeah, I was actually at that point working in Virginia and doing all of the purchasing and acquiring and looking around for properties and finding deals and managing the, the properties from wherever I was working. I happened to be working in Virginia and Kentucky around that, that, that time. Okay, great. So you're in Virginia, you've got the team on the ground there in Texas, um, clear expectations. Tell us about any sort of mistakes you might've made or, or hard lessons learned as you were buying these site on scene and uh, managing from you know multiple states away. Yeah, most definitely. So with the, the tenants that came with the properties, they are they have they're like two three years old, right? They're gonna test the limits and they're gonna see how far they can go with the broken communication because they're transitioning from one uh, ownership, and they're gonna see how far. They probably will call you and say, "Hey, when is my rent due?" And like, really? Like you've been living there for eight years, and or they're gonna see if you know with your yourself. So. Um, one of them, I let it go a little too long. I, I used to have an assistant that would help me. Uh, first of all, I was collecting money orders, which I will highly advise not to do. Sad because it's too delayed. It's like writing telegrams or whatever that communication method was back in the days when you can send a text, right? So there's a lot of electronic mm -hmm. ways to collect your rent and um, the fee is so worth it. But I, again, I, I was trying to you know, kind of follow what the prior owner was, uh, you know, she used to live around the corner, she'll, she'll come and pick up cash. So I, I was already not picking up cash, right? My rules were a little different. So the tenants definitely felt that. So you have to be very, very firm and clear with the expectations again from the tenants. And um, I had somebody come in and collecting the, 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 the money orders, which was, a, it is a big no-no. Um, yeah, I was putting somebody at risk. What if that person was mad or, you know, anything could be, could, could go wrong. And so I definitely hi, I highlight that, you know, don't, this is not an era where you should be putting yourself at risk. Um, have systems that you can, uh, that you're going to be able to utilize and make things much easier. 
Don't matter where you are, you can be in Afghanistan, you can be in Bahamas. They don't need to know exactly what your location is, but they know exactly how to deposit the rent. So have those systems in place. That I didn't have that. Um, again, I was a little bit of a step ahead of the game because I have an assistant, but then again, she kind of came whenever it was convenient for her. So the message to the tenant was like, oh, well, I just get the money order and whenever, you know, whenever I, they come and collect it. So a, a couple of months were after the fifth, which is already late. So um, I kind of have to let it go because my assistant didn't come on time. So again, having those fine-tuned systems in place, I cannot overemphasize that that I made that mistake. So if that can save you a little bit of a headache, make sure that you have those systems in place where you you know set expectations from all the teams and the tenants. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Clear expectations, uh, having people that you can trust and, and good processes in place. You said at one point you're flying back and forth every weekend. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So again, I was acquiring these properties and I was using the general contractor, the GC, to pretty much be the project man manager to get the renovations and you know, pretty much I, I trusted him. But at one point, I mean, he kept increasing the price and it was just like, okay, wait, wait, like this is, what I budget is not making much sense. So at that point I have uh, met my husband, he bought into the, or drank the Kool-Aid of the real estate, had some properties in Florida. And so he was on board for like, yeah, this is crazy. This let's let's uh, let's assume this. So he was active during um, in session in San Diego. I was at that point working in New York, and we acquired a distressed property, which is our niche. We like the distressed property where we can add value and make them beautiful and make them uh, cash flow. We decided that we were going to be the the project management, and we're going to GC. And we had enough of the subcontractors that we could reach out, and we trust them because we work with them along our journey. And um, so we fly in over the weekends to check on the progress and make payments and do all that fine tuning. So we'll alternate, or sometimes we both of us will fly in. But even with all that expense, it was cheaper than hiring this the GC. And um, so it was funny, it was expensive for, for the company, but it, it was all, if you're running your business as a business and you're budgeting for those expenses, nothing came out of our pocket because it was budget as a part of the uh, renovation and all the, the project um, expenses. And uh, it was paid, all, the, all of our travels was paid by the company, which again, you just have to know how to make those deductions valid. And at the end, we actually end up saving money instead of going paying the 25 30% of over the renovation cost to the general contractor. Wow. I mean, that uh, I have not heard that before, but it makes so much sense because you know, you think flying in every weekend from San Diego and New York, uh, and you're flying to Texas, right? And yes. so, so it's not a short flight and it's it's happening all the time, and you're trying to manage this from, from across the country, but well done is all I can say. And, and the fact that, you know, you actually ended up saving more than, than what that GC would have charged you is, is great. Um, you probably got ended up with a higher quality of work because you were checking the quality every, you know, five or six days you were there uh, checking it. So, so really nice. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's a really good lesson there to, to folks is sometimes you just have to go. And most of the time you just have to go. And I find that uh, even with our properties, you just have to be on the ground looking at it. You know, Zoom and FaceTime and all that, it's just not a, an equal replacement. You have to go and be there and, and feel it. And then the, the quality ends up being being a lot higher. So nice, <laughs> I love it. And, and I love that you ended up saving money too. 
Um, I'm sure you were exhausted working all, all week, flying and traveling all weekend just to go back to work again. Yeah, it definitely, um, it, it was, it was tiring, but the seeing the progress and kind of projecting on when are we, I mean, people, the, uh, tenants or uh, prospect tenants were already like trolling around and we were able to make the early contact with them and it was pretty much rented shortly after that it was completed. Being able to see the progress, it just kind of got us into uh, want to do more and want to be more present. So now that my husband is retired and um, I am taking less time you know, working in the medical community, we love being here and being inside and you know, managing the, the, the projects right now. So it's definitely much enjoyable. Well, that's awesome. It's a fantastic story. Um, so is that, is, where's your portfolio now? Did you end with those two, two fourplexes or what do you have in your portfolio now? So we have a total of 35 uh, doors. Um, so I think that's like 11 properties. We have a combination again of multi-living, small multi-living, all, all residential. One of them is an aplex, so it's considered a commercial, but it's still a residential property. We self-manage them. We are actually in the middle of doing a complete uh, renovation for a fourplex, and I could run the numbers to you if you want to hear them, but that's also a very promising project. We are pretty much taking everything from like to the starts and doing our own, building everything. That's um, fantastic. That's really great. Uh, well, we're going to have to have you back for a follow-up episode. This is already a supersized episode, um, but I would love to have you as a follow-up and, and go through that fourplex that you're doing a complete renovation on. We're going to tease the listeners and, and leave it there. <laughs> um, but uh, Marcel, it's been so great having you. Um, can you do a little bit of self-promotion? Where can people find out more about you and your company and, and how can they, they chat with you if they want to know more? Yes, thank you. Thank you for adding that. We really appreciate that opportunity. So we actually, I write a blog. The name of the website is from financial survival to financial independence.com. Spell out all the words. And in there, I just share strategies that I've used to, to get where I am. And also we, we do a tactical call, uh, Mind Your Money on Wednesdays. And if you uh, send an email through that website, we can send you a link. It's every Wednesday at six o'clock. When we pretty much share information that people can use to reach their financial independence. We mentor others. All of this is for free because we are trying to put together a uh, medical mission to Mexico so where you can share all kinds of wellness for the community. And um, that's kind of where we are right now. We are kind of past the investment portion and we're just trying to give back. And this is our way to give back mentoring here in the States to anyone that is um, looking into reaching their financial independence and, and will prefer financial, I mean, uh, real estate, but any kind of um, vehicle that you are using and giving back to the community. So that's definitely something that we are looking for. I love that. And that's from financial survival to financialindependence.com. We'll have a link to that on our Facebook page, on our website, truemultifamily.show. Uh, and all the links uh, will be there. So Marcella, thanks so much. I hope you have a fantastic rest of PodMax. Uh, because uh, we always have a great time here. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, we definitely have to have you back for that follow-up on this this four unit uh, that you're doing a complete reno on. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community. And you might just be the next guest on the show. 
We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.